You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. Hey friend, let's talk about you for a second and your memories and the moments that are important to you. Do you have a pile of photos that you have never done anything with? Do you wish you took more photos, but don't really because you don't really know what to take photos of? Do you not think that your life is important enough, that your moments are special enough and meaningful enough that are worthy enough to take a photo of? Whatever camp that you fall into, I want to assure you that your story is important and is valuable to you, to the people around you, to the world at large. And I want to encourage you to take more photos, to use them, to tell your stories, to document these moments that are special, that are small, that seem insignificant, that are big, that you know are important. And I want to encourage you to actually do something with all these photos. I want you to get them organized, put them in a book, do something with them so that you can look back on a portrait of your life in whatever organizational fashion works best for you. And if you're like, yes, I want to do that. I need to do that. I know that's something I'm interested in, but I just don't know what to do. I am here for you. I have created a program that is incredibly simple for you to use. And the best part is I am going to walk you through how to do it step by step. I'm going to hold your hand. Literally, I'm going to be there live talking you through this process. Stories from here is a course that helps you learn tangible skills like how to take beautiful photos using your phone, how to write interesting and captivating stories, but it does so much more for you. It is going to give you confidence. It is going to give you connections. It is going to give you memories and joy and processes and systems to follow that are going to make it so simple for you to document and tell your story from here on out. So Stories From Here is going to be opening its doors for our next live version on April 12th. And it's going to be open for two weeks because for six weeks throughout the month of May, I am going to be walking you through step-by-step, day-by-day, how to tell your story. Every day in May, we're going to take one photo and we're going to tell one story that is the story of your life right now. And then at the end, we're going to use hashtag magic and it's all going to come in a book delivered to your doorstep. It's that simple, I promise. And so what you get when you join the course is you get access to my library of 
hours and hours of video teaching you how to take amazing photos, how to write great stories. You're going to get 200 prompts so that you never run out of ideas of things to photograph and things to write about. And the best part is you're going to get access to me through our live teaching and our private community. We're going to do this together. So we're going to have this group accountability. So every day you're going to be reminded to post your story. So at the end, you have 30 stories that you can put in a really simple, beautiful book that you can sit on your coffee table and you can look through with the people that are important to you. So if you would like to join us, I would love to have you tell your story with us. You can find out everything at lauren-likes.com stories when the course is open on April 12th. And you can sign up for my free five-day course to taking better phone photos if you want to get a jump start right now. And you can sign up for all of this at the show notes or in my newsletter, lauren-likes.com newsletter or slash podcast, whatever it is that's easier for you to to find and if you just swipe up likely if you're listening um, in whatever podcast app you're listening to you should be able to have access to the show notes and the links are going to be in there and if you use code how she creates you're going to get 10% off your registration so grab a friend tell them to tell their story alongside you and join me in stories from here which is going to launch next week now let's get on to this very very special episode because i thought who would be better what would be more perfect to tell you about how important storytelling is than the og storyteller herself my mom. So my mom is on this episode because if you've heard my creative story before, you know that a lot of it stems from my mom being creative and my mom being a like professional scrapbooker when she sold creative memories and she just instilled this love of story in me and she is still a hardcore scrapbooker which you're going to hear about in this episode she shares so much wisdom and um, how much joy scrapbooking brings her and she still makes a lot of you know handmade lots of stickers and papers and all of those kind of embellishments really detailed tedious um, scrapbooks but I just found I I didn't have time for that. I was doing too many things and sitting down and spending, I love scrapbooking, but spending that much time doing it, I just didn't have the time. And I wanted these, I wanted to harness the power of social media and what I was already doing and sharing. And I wanted to find a way to create really quick books. And so that's what I did. And I have turned that all into my stories from here class. So that's kind of a little bit of the evolution of how you know, my life and all of this came together. But now I am really excited to introduce you to my mom and have her tell you about her life as a storyteller. Welcome to this very special interview where I have none other than the person who birthed me, raised me, and still gets some of my mail, my mom, Sandra. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. So this episode is like a deep dive into the past of how I became who I am through seeing who you are because you are the OG storyteller. Um, Thank you okay, for giving so me us- that. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, okay, so just give us like a little intro of who you are. Well, obviously, I am the mother of the one and only Lauren Hooper, also the mother of the Michaela Gladden. And um, 
I am uh, very chatty, so I'm going to keep this very short. Um, I work for an automotive company in Fort Mill, South Carolina, and we make car things. And I manage our conference center, so I have the best job in the whole company where I get to um, help people to learn and engage. And I also get to plan all of our special events, so I bring the fun to the campus with lots of uh, cafe special events, and we have a carnival once a year and a big Christmas party. You ran party. a whole circus one time. I did run a circus. I was not in the circus, but I did, and that was really a lot of fun. So I do have the very, I think I have the very best job on my campus, and there are about 1,200 people on my campus, but we have 72,000 employees worldwide because we're an international company. Um, our headquarters are in Herzogenarch, Germany, and um, our company is really incredible. I, I love my job, so I'm, I'm really tickled that I get to do what I do for a living. This episode is not sponsored by Scheffler Group, but if they would like to sponsor the show, please reach <laughs> out to me. You know how to get in contact with me, Scheffler. Um, tell us your two favorite hobbies. My two favorite hobbies are traveling with all of my besties, my children, my family, my husband, and scrapbooking is probably the um, what I get to do most. Traveling is expensive, so I have to save up for that, but I can scrapbook all day, every day, because I have Lauren's room that she evacuated turned into the most beautiful craft room you've ever seen and i will say travel is expensive but scrapbooking is expensive too sandra it can be if you <laughs> have little to no control of yourself so yes you are correct mm, and i don't know anyone like that mm -mm. <laughs> so okay so you heard it like favorite hobbies travel and crafting. So you see where I get it from. So tell us like the backstory, your creative story. Were you creative growing up? How did you fall in love with creating? Where did scrapbooking come in? Tell us all of that. So I, I think I've always been a creative person. Um, my mom always gave us crayons and paper and told us to go sit down and color. So um, we always did puzzles and um, things like that. So I think I've always enjoyed making something out of nothing. We were um, not very well off. We weren't like poor growing up, but we weren't very well off. And so I had the most amazing three-story Barbie dream house, but it didn't come with any furniture. So I had to figure out how to make my own Barbie furniture. So a Q-tip box turned into, you know, three little Q-tip boxes, Q-tip boxes stacked up, turned into a three-drawer dresser and things like that. And um, Barbie clothes were made out of whatever scraps my, my grandma had laying around. So I think I was creative out of uh, necessity and I just kind of carried that over into my adult life. Um, because I really liked it. I like turning, making something beautiful and new out of something, out of nothing or something old. So I do enjoy being creative. Um, but to answer your question about how I started scrapbooking, um, 
and I, I have a pinpoint date for this. I don't think most people can put a date on when I fell in love with something, but I know when this was because um, right after Michaela was born, and Michaela's 26 years old now, um, I was volunteering at Lauren's school, shout out to Oakdale Elementary, and um, we literally had babies crawling at our feet while we were working in the in the workroom doing projects for uh, Lauren's teacher. And this friend of mine who I volunteered with asked me to come to her house for a creative memories party. And I had never heard of this company. I mean, I had been to Tupperware parties and things like that, but I had never heard of creative memories. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just go to her house because she's my friend and I'll buy one something to help her because that's the way home parties work. And it was a night out of the house. So I was like, sure, yeah, I'll be happy to come. But the minute that the Creative Memories consultant started talking and she started showing all of the products that she had, I was hooked. I mean, she had me sold. She just showed us these beautiful scrapbooks and told us, you know, this is how you preserve your memories, and this is acid and lignin free, and your pictures won't turn brown like they do in those old-timey peel-and-stick albums, and I was like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and she even, the consultant was so good at this, she even told us, now this is how you go home and tell your husband why you spent so much money she said, you go home and you tell him, well, you have to have the right tools for the job. Men understand tools. My husband is a carpenter. He understands that you need the right tools. And so needless to say, I bought everything she had. I was like hooked. I thought this is going to, this is what I'm going to do with all of my spare time, even though I had none because I had two small children at that point. But I absolutely bought what she was selling. and. I have not stopped buying scrapbook stuff for 26 solid years. Well, wait, let's back up. Did you have memories to scrapbook when you went to that show? Were you taking photos already? Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, I don't think I took, like, literally there are probably not a dozen pictures of me in high school because my mom, I don't think my mom ever owned a camera or maybe she did when I was like a small baby, but it was just really expensive, I think, to get pictures developed back in the day. And so my mom and dad didn't really take a lot of pictures of us when we were little kids. Um, but when Lauren was born, my mom bought me a camera. And so from Probably my baby shower with Lauren up until that point in time, I had hundreds, if not that, thousands of pictures that I had taken and were just sitting in envelopes. I have a, um, a trunk that Mike bought me for, I don't know, just because I found it in an antique store and said, Mike, I really want this steamer trunk. And so I had a a steamer trunk literally full of packs of pictures that I had not done anything with. So I was like, 
that that was like that was definitely I have all these pictures already so I need to put them in books so for sure I was taking tons of pictures and doing nothing with them oh I did know that I didn't know Grammy bought you a camera mm-hmm. she did Do you remember what it was oh I think it was like oh gosh a little a little cannon like point and shoot it was nothing fancy just a little a little cannon and it was uh 35 millimeter I think I do remember. I mean, I remember those film canisters, you know, like the little black and gray ones that you would Mm -hmm. put the film in at the like Walmart photo drop. I remember having those film canisters full of like beads and craft supplies and Tums and just everything growing up. Because I remember you just had so many of them endless film canisters. That's correct. And if you dig deep back into some of the unused drawers in my office, there may still be some film <laughs> canisters lurking in the background, but you're right. I mean, and that just goes to show that um, photography and memory keeping have changed so much because I remember thinking I have to get the shot right the first time because mm-hmm. I'm going to run out of film. Mm-hmm. And now you can just take it and take it until you're like, I'm finally happy with this. I just give up. This is the shot. Yeah. And and I'll even go back to like the creative memory things, you know, every once in a while we'll flip through those old scrapbooks and they are really cute. They are very, very inventive. Um, They're very plain. You know, there's not the like, I mean, everyone knows what it's like to like walk through Michael's and like look at the paper aisle and there's like unicorn paper and like tie dye paper and like crazy anything that you want. You know, back then you were working with like blue paper, red paper. Um, but I remember you made that like little caterpillar thing out of all the different parts of paper and, um, and the, cause creative memories had a lot of templates, right? Yes. They, um, well, creative memories, um, logo or their motto was simple pages equal completed albums. So the goal really was just get your pictures in the book and anything decorative was nice and extra but the goal was to preserve your memories so that they didn't um deteriorate and like i said acid and lignin free was the the tagline because those the like construction paper is not the same thing as scrapbook paper because mm-hmm. construction paper has you know you know if you leave a piece of construction paper and the sun hits it for a day it's discolored, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. scrapbook paper is is a higher quality and is created differently. So, um, so yes, yes, you're correct. Things were they were very simple, um, and the process has has just the has just changed so much with all of the different products that you now have. Okay, I would like creative memories to know that I did not steal their logo or their motto, but it must've been ingrained in me because that's essentially my motto for stories from here is tell your stories, take a photo. It all goes in the book. That's it. No frills, you know, simple pages are finished. And I, uh, yeah, i never realized that, that that's, uh, not where it came from, but that, you know, idea is, is still the same. Interesting. Um, okay. So how many scrapbooks do you think you have? 
So when you challenged me to look the other day, I walked through the house and I looked in um, the cabinets and the um, my scrapbook room. You know, it's floor to ceiling cabinets and shelves because we have a carpenter for a, a husband and a dad and um, floor to ceiling shelves and cabinets in my scrapbook room. And I roundabout counted that I have a, approximately 60 12 by 12 albums that are completed. And, and smaller albums, probably about 40 of those. And then the smaller like word books, um, probably about 20 of those. So that's 120 plus how many do you think you've given away that you made as gifts? Like I have a wedding album. I know the girls got graduation albums. Um, you have a two-part wedding album mm -hmm. and a dance album. Mm -hmm. um, I made, oh gosh, I made your Grammy a wedding album. Um, I've made my brother a brother album. I've made my BFF friendship albums. Um, I've probably, I've probably, I sold albums at one point in time that I would just do like make the pages and then people would have to do their own, like add their own photos and journaling. I I've probably given away easily 50 albums over the years. Um, I will say the coolest thing I ever did, it wasn't specifically like an album, but for my best friend's 52nd birthday, because there are 52 cards in a card deck, I took a deck of cards and on every single card, I either put a picture, wrote a note, or um, went and like pulled like a meme off of Pinterest or somewhere. And every one of those cards had had something cute on it for her 52nd birthday. And so that was probably one of the most creative things. And I just, I don't know why, but I thought she's going to be 52 and there's 52 cards in a deck. So I made her a deck album and it turned out. And then Mike turned 52 the same year because Mike and Kim graduated from high school the same year. So I made one for him as well. So that was That's really adorable. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's super cute. Okay. So I think, I feel like I lost count. So over 250. I feel like in 25 years is probably. about the number. That's probably, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. That's about what, I don't want to do this, 10 albums a year. Oh, no. That's... Well, but the math, just the math. I'm just dividing 250 by, divided by 25 would be, you would average out about, you're turning out about 10 albums a year. Mm, that That may be a high estimate, but. Yeah, probably somewhere around there. Yeah, um, that's, and that, that's impressive. That would include, um, I also do a, a card album every year. So if you've ever sent me a birthday card, a Valentine's Day card, a thank you card, a wedding invitation, um, a Christmas card for sure, that's the, the bulk of it. I do an album every year with all of the cards that I've gotten. And I will like include like a few divider pages in there and add a few photos like from our Christmas party at work and from our Christmas party here with our family. And, you know, just just 
you know how you sometimes you print pictures and you don't use all of them. I'll have some extra random pictures. I'll throw those into those albums as well. Yeah, I love that because it's so simple because, I mean, essentially you're just punching holes in the cards you get and just Mm -hmm. sticking them in there and then it's just done. It's like a whole year of memories. And then, you know, because I am always like, oh, I don't know what to do with these. Like, uh, you know, because they do pile up, but they're important. You know, they're meaningful. So I love that. Um, I think I was just overwhelmed with guilt at throwing away a card (laughs) that somebody had taken the time to write me a note in. And so it was like, I I can't throw this away, but what am I going to do with it? So I started making um, albums and you're right. They're just three ring. Like I just use rings to hold them together. They're not like in a bound book. They're just, like you said, I pop holes in them and put a, put a little D ring in them. Um, Okay. So now I know everyone listening is like, oh my gosh, 10 finished albums a year. And some of these are like humongous albums. You guys like huge. How much time do you spend scrapbooking? Well, um, that, it, it depends. Um, normally, pre-COVID, my girlfriends and I, and I have a, a large group of girlfriends, and this is going to be the cheesiest thing you're probably going to hear me say, but my group of girlfriends range in age from, and we've been doing this a long time. So we started out, we were in our 20s, and now I am 51. And so from that age up to several of my friends that are now are now retired. So they are in their 70s. Um, so I have a group of, of ladies that I scrapbook with. And pre-COVID, we would get together once a month at one of the ladies at her church fellowship hall. They would let us use the space and we would have one Saturday a month and the church would be open from 10 in the morning to 10 at night. I will go and scrapbook from 10 in the morning to 10 at night once a month. So that's a lot of dedicated time to to working. Um, And that's just one day a month that we would always, and we've done that for years, years and years and years. So that's my normal once a month thing. And then because, like I said, I have a craft room, I can sit down at my table in my scrapbook room anytime I want to. If I just, you know, have some free time in the evening, I can go in there and sit down, Mm, crank out a page or two. Okay. So yeah, so it's just like a kind of here and there touch and go when you have time. And then it's kind of that batch working idea of like full day gonna crank out a ton. And I know you like pack your stuff, you, you know, print your photos. So you kind of have like a plan going in, like you only take, like you came to Dubai last year. So, you know, you only take your Dubai stuff with your Dubai photos. Um, and then you're just kind of dedicated working on that. And so that makes sense that you get so much done and it's like fun social hour for you. Um, and then you tell us about your trips you do. So, um, there are two dedicated weeks in the year, one in the spring, one in the fall. And, um, one of the, one of my girlfriends that I scrapbook with, um, (laughs) this, this kind of evolved. There used to be a huge scrapbook convention in, um, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which is also right beside Sevierville, the home of Dolly Parton, who I adore. I just had to throw that in there. Um, but there is a very large scrapbook store in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And there was this um, 
convention and we would go for like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then we would go to this convention. Well, my girlfriend, Margaret, she and her husband were getting ready to retire. And they, she, I'm going to say she, talked him into buying a cabin in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. So now instead of going and staying in a hotel, we go stay in her absolutely fabulous cabin in the mountains. And because she and one of my other girlfriends are now retired, they will go up and stay for, you know, 10 days. Well, the rest of us don't have that luxury. Um, So um, most of us will go up and stay for five or six days. Like we'll go, we'll drive up on a Tuesday night and stay Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we will literally stay in the cabin for five solid days in our pajamas and watch Hallmark movies and scrapbook and be spoiled by Margaret, who is a wonderful cook. And we will get a hundred, anywhere between a hundred and two hundred pages done during that week's time. And my BFF Kim is the queen of getting stuff done. She always wins. And for every year that we've gone up there, I have an index card and every trip I take that index card and we'll write down how many pages everybody gets done. And like I said, I work for an automotive manufacturing company and um, my boss used to make me quantify how many pages did you get done per day? So I would have to sit down and do all this math about how many pages we got done today and have to report back to him what our production rates were. And he would just give me a really hard time about it. But, um, but literally for, I probably have 10 years worth of index cards of every time we go of how many pages we get done. And it's just kind of to challenge yourself. Did you do more this time in the spring or did you do more in the fall? Um, And it's really, it's a challenge, but it's also just a lot of fun. I love that for two reasons. So I've been on these scrapbook weeks before and they are intense with the scrapbooking. Like (laughs) it's a lot of scrapbooking. Um, And so I love that you can look around. And like you said, Kim is like a machine. She gets so much stuff done. You get a lot done. And then there's some people who get like four pages done, you know, and people just work in such different ways. And so I think that's always so interesting to see the different processes and the levels of detail because I mean you always tell me about your friend who makes the like insanely detailed pages um you know and some people have more simplistic things some people do more artistic pages um so it really like runs the gamut in variations of you know production quantities I guess but I also love the index card because it's you're telling that you're like literally telling the story of telling your stories. Um, (laughs) And I just love how important that is to you. So, okay. So you make a lot of scrapbooks. So people are either like, there's always, you know, that spectrum of, you know, you scrapbook the really, really important things like weddings, new babies, you know, I don't know, whatever. And then there are the, like, my friend and I went to dinner tonight. Does that get scrapbooked? Does that, story worth telling how do you decide what stories do you tell that's a good question um I think I am I I personally am an over documenter like 
I think everything's important, like every memory, like the big trips, like a trip to Dubai to spend a week with Lauren doing incredibly incredible things that I'll never get to do again once in a lifetime. But I also um, I get so much joy out of the little things in life. And I think that some people just are observers of life. I think that I am one of those people that I don't take anything for granted. Like every all lots of little things bring me joy and I think that's what photos are they're just little bits of joy captured and I've always told people like when you hear a baby laugh if you could just bottle that and sell it it would be worth a million dollars because that joy is just there's just no amount of money that you can place on the value you can't value that and that's kind of the way I see my photos I mean there's just no amount of money that I would place on that to because my memories are just so important to me I mean like big things are important like trips to Dubai but like when I'm working at home and I sit out the window and I I fill my bird feeder up and I see that pretty little cardinal come up I want to take a picture of it too because it brings me joy so I guess I'm an over-documenter. Some people like, oh, there's a pretty cardinal. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at how beautiful that cardinal is. So I I think I am, um, I'm definitely an over-documenter. Now, that picture of that cardinal probably is not going to go into my album unless um, I do, sometimes I will do um, like a collage page and I use, um, I use an app on my phone called PicStitch and they have all different kind of little frames. And so you can put, you know, 16 pictures on one page and sometimes I'll use PicStitch and I'll, I'll make a page like that. And I use Persickety Prints. Also, this is not sponsored by them, but if they want to sponsor this, that would be fantastic because Persickety Prints is my favorite printing company. And, um, and they have these beautiful 12 by 12 pages. And Shutterfly, I use Shutterfly too. So I love them all equally. Um, but you can make a beautiful collage on one of those apps on your phone. And it's just so easy just to slide 16 pictures onto one page. And then I just print it and slide it in my album. So I do, my albums are not, I'm not a purist as far as like, I don't do all traditional scrapbook pages. I don't do all digital scrapbooking and I don't do all um, like project lifestyle either. I, my, my albums are a total mishmash of all of those different kinds because I, I like it all. I like, I want my pictures in my book, however I can get them there. Yeah, I, I like that. And again, it goes back to that motto of like getting it done. Um, and I'll have links to all of those apps and websites in case you're like trying to frantically write something down um, in the show notes. And you can get those at lauren-likes.com slash podcast or just lauren-likes.com. You'll find everything you need there. Um, so what do you hope for the future of your books? You've made 200 plus albums. What's the the future? look like for those? Well, um, that's a very deep question for me. Um, my grandmother had Alzheimer's at a pretty young age and 
I literally watched her forget who she was and forget all, I mean, at, at the very end, she forgot who we were. And I just watched her memories slip away. And I did not at that time appreciate the experiences she had. Um, our family is um, Jewish and our family escaped Austria to um, escape the Jewish persecution from the Nazis. And they came through Ellis Island and they settled in New York and they had this incredible experience and this incredible life that I didn't even know that I needed to ask her about. And she didn't really share those experiences with us because um, she was the baby of the family. So she didn't, I'm sure her family told her all of those incredible things, but I didn't even know to ask her about those things. And so for me, I regret not asking those questions and not having answers now because I have questions. I mean, I'm, you know, trying to learn these kind of things and I don't have answers to these questions and I never will because she was the last person in her family. Um, for me, I don't, I don't want the, I mean, my kids are experiencing my life with me right now. You know, I didn't get to experience a lot of those things with my grandmother. Um, but I don't want my memories to, I don't want to forget what, you know, I, what if I forget these things? I want to be able to look at my albums and think, God, look at how much fun we had and look at how good our life was. You know, sometimes um, pictures paint a picture through rose, rose colored glasses and you think it was all fun and games. But sometimes like when you document how Lauren was just a baby when Hurricane Hugo came through and, you know, we didn't have power for weeks. There were trees down that were, you know, as big around as cars. You know, those are hard times that you go through and you want to remember those things, too, and show that, you know, the human spirit triumphs over tragedy. We, you know, we made it through that. We luckily we survived and we thrived through those kind of things. So um, there are things that that you want to remember. And and those are things that are important to your family history. Now, I don't know that my kids want to take 60 albums out of my scrapbook room and take them to their house. Um, so, but you know what? That's not for me to worry about. If they don't want to keep those, if they take them and throw them in the dumpster the day I die, I might haunt them. But, <laughs> but that, <laughs> I, I'm definitely planning to haunt you if you do that. Um, but, but I mean, that's their decision. That's not for me to worry about. And for now, this is what I love to do. So I'm doing it for myself. So a lot of times people will say, well, I don't have children, so I don't need to make scrapbooks or, you know, what, what's going to happen to these? Don't worry about that. What you're doing today is important and it needs to be remembered and it's worth documenting. And if it brings you joy, then you should embrace that. I love that. And I promise to not throw them all away. Because I will be a scary ghost. Uh, I feel like you'd be a clumsy ghost. (laughs) Probably, yes. So how would you explain this hobby to people who don't get it or don't think it's important? What, like, what's your reasoning? What's your explanation? 
it's kind of hard to explain to people. It's really tough because people either get it or they they don't at first. But then um, you've always heard and people people will spend money on what they love. And um, like if you love to fish, like my husband loves to fish and hunt. He spends money on fishing rods, tackle, guns. He he loves those kind of things. Like he spends money and I think it's kind of ridiculous, but he loves it. So good for him. And um, I like I love my family and my friends and I love to travel. And so I spend my money doing those things. But then, you know, capturing those images um, and and putting them in albums, you know, that's what I want to do. And I think it is, um, if you've attended a funeral in the last, I don't know, five years, maybe, you'll see that it's really common for uh, the family members to put together a slideshow of that person's life or even weddings, not even just funerals, but at weddings, a lot of times at the reception, you'll see that there's a slideshow running and they pull all those pictures out when that person was just a little naked baby in the bathtub or in the swimming pool in the backyard or, um, you know, your first date, your first kiss when you're getting before you get married or like just recently, one of the girls that I scrapbook with lost her husband to COVID. And when they were preparing for his funeral, literally they pulled out dozens of her scrapbooks and pulled pictures out of that. And they were so well organized because they were in albums. You know, it wasn't hard to find those memories. And I mean, those memories just happen just in the blink of an eye. And then, you know, there's a big event in your life, like a wedding or a funeral. And, you know, you want to share those memories with your friends and your family and your community. Her husband was the chief of the fire department. So, I mean, he literally had touched hundreds of lives in our community. Everybody knew him. But sometimes when they see, you know, they would see him as the chief of the fire department, but they didn't see him playing in the pool in the backyard with his kids and his grandkids. So things like that were really, really special to see. And I just think that your life is worth capturing and celebrating and remembering. So take that picture and print it and put it in an album so that your family will be able to to reach out and touch that when it's an important time in your life. So, okay, you've taken my class stories from here because my goal with that class is to help people do just that, to notice those moments of beauty and joy in their lives, the everyday moments, because like you said, everyone knows you're supposed to take pictures at weddings, but people don't know, you know, or maybe don't value or see those special little moments during our day-to-day lives that we value, like the picture of like the kids playing in the pool that you don't realize is going to be such a valued memory later. Um, So that's my goal with the Stories From Here class is to help people begin to recognize those and be able to take the photos really well and then to tell the stories and then put them all together in a really, really simple book um, in the end 
And okay, you've taken the class. So what did you learn from the class being, you know, a pro scrapbooker? Um, and how did it help you? And what did you see in the class that you know that I learned from you? <laughs> um, well, stories from here. Um, first of all, the challenges like I were the challenges were incredible. I love a challenge and I love to check a list. So it was like for me, I, I like to be okay, I have to do this today. I need to check this off my list. Um so that for me, I, I like to do those kind of things. Um but it it really made me grow creatively at as it made me get out of my normal um and I think a lot of people, especially moms, will get into the habit of my kids are in a dance recital. Let me take a picture of them dancing. My kids are in a softball game. Um, but what you don't take a picture of is your kids sitting in the floor coloring in their coloring book and or your kids sitting reading a book. How do you know that, I mean, your kid's not going to grow up and be a librarian one day and this is where your love of reading started or today perfect example. We were in church today and our pastor has a little girl that's just two and we could see her um, feeding her baby doll. Like she was put, she had the bottle in the baby doll's mouth and she kept leaning down and kissing the baby on the top of the head. It was the sweetest thing. Mike and I both kept looking at each other and watching her. It was precious and why and now thinking about it why I didn't take my phone out and snap a picture of her for her mom because her mom was sitting beside her and and couldn't I mean I'm sure she could see her but she couldn't see her from the angle I was at it was precious I mean those those when you stop and think about those everyday moments but in the stories from here class it it challenged us like it gave us like Find a landmark in your city. Well, I've never walked around and taken pictures of the landmarks in my city. I've just always lived here. They've just always been there. So, I mean, it literally made me get out and walk around my own house. We live, we bought my grandmother's house from her estate when she passed away. And so this house has been in, this, this house has been in our family for like 65 years now. and. Like, I just take it for granted the view from the corner, like of what the house looks like when you, you know, drive up from a different direction. I literally got and walked, got up and walked down the street to get a different view because I've never walked to the end. We live in the country, so it's not like we're walking in a neighborhood. Um, I'd never walked to the stop sign and looked back to see what my house looked like from that view. So it challenged me creatively to look at my own home differently. And I can't remember all the prompts, but like one of them was take a picture of your favorite quiet spot. And like every night before I go to bed, I sit and read. And I have, I mean, it's like a little nest for me. I have a little blanket that I wrap around my shoulder. I have a little lamp that's, you know, right above my bed. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just it's just my little nest, and I've never thought anything about it being a special spot for me until the class challenged me to look for that or to look at that. It's always been there. I just didn't see it. 
same thing with like like I said the landmarks in my city we just recently Rock Hill's really getting with it downtown and they um we have an a fairly new you know maybe what eight years old now a fountain and the city is like downtown is just growing up around that fountain area and it's becoming one of the coolest spots in the city and people are coming from other cities because we have these great festivals twice a year and it's all centered around that downtown area and I've gone to come see me my entire life and I never thought about documenting the festivals that we have in our town because it's just I mean you know it's just always been there and Stories from here made me appreciate my own hometown more than I ever have. That's a good answer. And I love the the example of downtown because it's changing. Like you said, it's changing so much from what it was like when I was a kid, when you were a kid, when our grandma was a kid. Um, and was so, ha- yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> but. But that's the beauty of like the evolution and photographing it and documenting it and telling that story. And just like our house, when you bought our house, it was tiny and you guys built a huge addition on. And so now the house is completely different. And I don't know. I don't know how many pictures you have of the house before and after, you know, because I know that was, you know, pre-digital camera era. Um, But things like that change. Um, and so being able to document it. And I think sometimes we're like, oh, I have my phone. I take pictures of everything all the time. But are you taking a good picture? Are you like getting the angle and the lighting right? Or is it just a random shot? And then later you go back and you're like, oh, you can't see anything in this picture. Like, um, so I, I think that's a big thing that I try and stress in the class. Um, and also yeah, the like accountability you... of the class. Mm, mm-hmm. That's a huge thing. Um, it's it's not that it's not like an assignment for a teacher. This is something that you chose to do because you really want to do this project and you really want to capture these memories. And so the accountability of the class for me was huge. That was a big big part of of me wanting to. Um, to push myself to keep going. Yeah. And I'll, I'll explain that if people don't understand. So the class runs live. Um, so you get lifetime access to the class. So you can do it whenever you want, but for six weeks we do it together live. So every day you get an email with a prompt and you know, everyone else in the class is doing that prompt on that day and they're posting it on that day together. And then we're going to meet every, we meet every other week. And it's kind of like a little check-in of like, how's it going? And I I do some teaching. I'm not like checking up on you, but it is a nice check-in to say like, how are you going? Are you falling behind? What What's happening? Um, so it's kind of that like group mentality, that group accountability to keep you going because then I started doing it this way because I realized so many people want to document and want to tell their stories, but they were buying online classes and not doing it. And I am the world's most guilty of that. And so I wanted to give you that accountability component to make it really doable because I know my mom spends, you know, 12 hours a month at least scrapbooking but for a lot of us we don't have that time or you know that's not our thing and so I've tried to make stories from here 
only take about 10 or 15 minutes of your day to take your photo and tell your story. And then at the end, we use hashtag magic and create or have our books automatically printed and sent to us. Um, and so it kind of takes away all of those like extra steps um, and those hurdles that you have to go through to get there. Um, okay. So my last question was, what do you, what did you see in the class that you feel like I learned from you? Um, uh, this is going to sound very selfish, but I, I think you are not very selfish. Um, I think you are like the best version of me. So the fact that you, you like to encourage people, I, I know that I know that that is one of my spiritual gifts is being an encourager. And I, I see you in your class encouraging people to follow their dreams and encouraging people to um, make beautiful things. I mean, it's like our whole lives. I feel like we've made beautiful things in our house. And um, like, I let you come just design my walls. And, you know, your dad lets you have purple carpet. We've always let you just express your creativity. And um, I feel like you are now doing that in your class. You you are letting people be creative and you're allowing, giving them the tools to be creative. So does that answer your question? It does. And it's funny because you definitely did that because you were a creative memories consultant teacher. So you taught people how to do that. Like you've already done this, but 20 years ago in the physical sense, and now I'm doing it in the digital modern modern way. Um, and this is a selfish question I told you I wanted to, to ask was, where did you see me start telling stories? Because I know I saw you telling stories, but where did you see me start loving to tell stories? Um, I think I, I like literally from the womb, I read you books big hard books because I didn't want to be bored while I read books. That's very selfish of me. But I mean, literally from when, from when you were just so, so little, we read, I would read to you and it was always two or three grade levels ahead of where you were. I mean, it was never, we never read C, C Jane run. We never read books like that. It was always the Chronicles of Narnia, Harry Potter. I mean, it was always something that I wanted to read and therefore you did too. And um, I, I would watch you write stories. Like you started writing stories like you didn't, and you didn't ever just tell a simple story. We went to the grocery store and we bought Cheerios no, you would embellish it. And all of a sudden there was a pirate who was swimming in the, you know, a pirate had a boat in the lobster tank at the grocery store. Um, your stories were always very fantastical because I think everything that we read at home was always full of myths and mysteries and excitement and things like that. So I think you began to be a storyteller from the time that you could write. I mean, you were creative enough to write a story about being a pirate to get a college scholarship. I don't think anybody else imagined themselves as a pirate going to college. So those, you know, themes like that just kind of ran through our house forever. 
And I don't think you could do anything but absorb those and turn around and spit them back out. <laughs> well, I yes, I am very grateful for that. I do remember that. I do have that set of the Chronicles of Narnia still. And I remember reading those like pre-kindergarten. Yes, I, I very much appreciate that. That, yes, I have always loved storytelling. And I remember like writing books in like third grade. Like I wrote a book on like about puppies on scrap on notebook paper and I remember my teacher put it in the bin of like books kids could read in the classroom that was a big deal mm-hmm. um okay so what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you well I think like I said I think I've, I've always been creative my my mom always encouraged us to to draw and my brother my dad and my brother were both really great artists like could draw anything, like look at a picture, draw it and make it look better. I unfortunately did not inherit that gift. I cannot sketch or, or any, anything like that. Um, But my mom always encouraged us to try that. And I would try, I just wasn't very good at it, but I always loved to color. And like I said, to do puzzles um, and things like that. And over the years, if there is a craft other than knitting or crocheting, I think I've done everything. I've cross-stitched, I've embroidered, I've art journaled, I've taken painting classes, jewelry classes, ceramics classes. Um, I've just, I think to live a creative lifestyle, you just don't be afraid to try it. You may love it. You may hate it. Um, I love to cross-stitch. I love to embroidery. I did not like ceramics class but I had a really creepy teacher. So, you know, it could be that. I might like it now as an adult if I didn't have that creepy man teacher. Um, so I think to live a creative lifestyle, you just have to be open to trying new things. And um, like, there's always new new products coming out on the market. Um, like right now, I'm in love with uh chalk art and it's not so much that I am creating something because I use a stencil so I feel like that's kind of cheating as an artist that's kind of cheating but the stencils are there and but I get to choose the colors and I get to choose the layout of how they go together and I get to choose the medium that I use it on so it does allow you to be um, very very creative and make some amazing things. And so that's kind of my new fun toy that I'm playing with right now is chalk art. Well, thank you very much, mom, for being here and for sharing your story um, and about our life. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for being interested <laughs> in my storytelling and my scrapbooking um, obsession. Well, I am. It's fair. It's, it's a gift to everyone. As much as much of a lot of a gift it is, it is a gift to everyone. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show 
And share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes Blog and using the hashtag HowSheCreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.